Casper's most sparkling sale of the season is here. This summer, dive into your best sleep and save up to $600 off any of our award-winning mattresses during our 4th of July sale. And get up to 50% off pillows, duvets, bedding, and more. Make summer sleep your best sleep with up to $600 off mattresses and up to 50% off everything else. Shop our 4th of July sale at Casper.com or a participating store near you. Going on now through 713. Exclusions apply. See Casper.com slash promo. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. As always, my name is Mung. Hey everybody, it's the Los. Uh, week three, almost in the books of the your NFL football season. Uh, some big games, some exciting games. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to uh, see what happens with Kansas City at Green Bay tonight. I could uh, certainly use about 35 points from Jamal Charles in one of my leagues. Absolutely, Lacey and Adams playing. We'll see what Jones still can do on the field. All right. But uh, enough about that. Let's get back to the games that already happened. All right. So let's start with the Thursday night game, uh, New York Giants and Washington Redskins. So Eli Manning looked good in this game. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, As long as uh, the Lions blocking for him well and the defense isn't giving up too many points, it seems like Eli is going to be a reliable fantasy QB start. Sure. He looked terrible week one. He was serviceable week two. Wasn't flashy, but effective. This week, he finally got his act together. And um, on the flip side, uh, as we've seen in Racist. the last couple of weeks, definitely not uh, trusting the New York backfield. No, there's no way you can do that. They're splitting those carries apart. Um, there's not even really much in terms of reliable receiving out of the backfield. Shane Vereen is even more infuriating than he was last year with the Patriots. Uh, Jennings, Williams is taking too much of his time. I want no part of this. Yeah, um, and, and in addition to that, uh, despite the fact that the Washington Redskins do have a good front seven, um, it seems that while the pass blocking is getting a little bit better for Eli, the run blocking still just isn't there. I mean, if you look at the rushing production thus far on the year, it's not quite as bad as Philadelphia before this week, but uh, still, still not great. Yeah, collective three yards per carry. So Odell Beckham, we can uh, gloss over him real quick. He's a stud. You know, seven for 79 and a touchdown, not lighting the world on fire, but that's what you want out of your wide receiver one uh, is consistency like that. Did Ruben Randall light the world on fire, though? You Everybody getting ready to pull the trigger on him? No, I. you know, if, if he's on the waiver wire, if you're desperate, sure, go for it. Um, he'll have these kind of games, but good luck picking which week he's going to go off and which week uh, he's going to drop five passes. Seven for seven. Yeah, against a, a pretty bad Washington secondary, so I'm not uh, I'm not too enamored with Randall. Plus, his touchdown did come uh, late in the game. Uh, plus, it was a bobbled catch that uh, kind of just luckily got tipped to him by the defender. I agree. All his production that game may may very easily go to Vereen next week or Larry Donnell. Yeah, and speaking of Donnell, uh, I, I think it's time to drop him down a little bit. Last year, we saw that he had a ton of targets, and I was a little bit worried because his targets did decrease once Odell Beckham came on late in the season last year. Um, but I think Donnell's still a, a serviceable high-end tight end, too. The most important takeaway from this game, I think, is that Eli was finally able to operate an offense the way he wants it. Um, less worried about Cruz coming back. He was able to use the uh, the options available to him. Sure, and uh, supposedly they will get Victor Cruz back next week, and I think that'll help Eli out even more. 
Is he going to be slow coming out the gate? Is, is the timing going to be off? Is he going to set this? Is it going to be one step forward, two steps backward in this offense? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't start Cruz with confidence, but I do think for Eli, it'll be helpful, if anything, to you know take some coverage off Randall and OBJ. Sure. Eli's one thing. Uh, how about how about the answer, Kirk Cousins? Any confidence? I see no reason to have any. Well, uh, you know, he's certainly a cheap, uh, you know, daily play. Uh, who has two thumbs and started Kirk Cousins and Jordan Reed stacked in DraftKings last week? Uh, uh, that guy? Uh, yeah. Um, I think, <laughs> you know, now that uh, we'll see how Deshaun Jackson is doing coming back from injury. Maybe he'll play next week. Um, but until then, I think that both Garcon and Reed are pretty reliable in terms of getting those targets. Sure, absolutely. This is a team that that they're going to be throwing the football a lot just because of the nature of that defense. Um, Philadelphia's defense has shown an ability to get burned. Uh, I, I sort of agree with you uh, with uh, Cousin Stick and a daily next week. Yeah, and here's the thing. His stats are all garbage time, and, and he only had one touchdown and two interceptions, but you know, 316 yards he, for the price that he's going to be at, there, it's always worth a dart throw, and, and you want those, you know, low owned percentage uh, players especially in tournaments exactly uh, uh they call them uh that buzzword is uh compl- not complimentary plays something contrarian? else with a c what contrarian contrarian plays that's the word and uh with philly the mixture of philadelphia's uh not so great defense and their high potential although underperforming offense makes for makes for a you know could be a perfect storm uh how about this running back situation in uh washington l morris starting the season matt jones started to take the job away we got thompson in the mix what the heck is going on well, here's the thing. Um, Chris Thompson, technically he was his knee was down on that touchdown if you looked at that replay. Um, so he did get lucky with that score. However, uh, he's certainly very much involved in that passing game. He could be kind of that new Roy Hallou role in, in PPR leagues. Um, you know, if you're desperate for a running back to start, you know, if you're waiting on Arian Foster or, uh, you know, you, you're, you're going to lose somebody later in the season – you know, he could be an RB3 in, in PPR, depending on game flow. Yeah, if you're really hurting, possibly. But to me, there's just too much of a confusing situation, just like is in New York. Um, is is Thompson going to be on the field enough between the, the reliability or the supposed reliability? El Morris has been great for the past few years for them. And then Matt Jones coming in and swooping in and, and taking the work away. I just don't know if Thompson's going to have enough field time for me. Yeah, I mean, as I said, definitely a desperation running back. But hey, if you if you need a warm body in your running back starting spot, <laughs> <laughs> might as well throw him in. If your qualification is having a pulse and two working legs, Chris Thompson's your man. Yeah, and uh, one one other thing I did want to bring up: uh, Jameson Crowder got six targets in this game. The rookie, uh, you know, in dynasty leagues, he's definitely somebody to to uh, keep an eye on because he showed pretty good agility and run after the catch in this game. Mm, for me, it, for me, it's Ryan Grant. Coaching's been talking about him. He only had one less target. I, I, to me, it's far too early to uh, say that Crowder supplanted Grant in a dynasty ranking. Um, in terms of the other wide receivers, Pierre Garçon, 12 targets, 64 yards. Not a great day in terms of efficiency, but he's getting the looks, and that'll, that should remain until Deshaun Jackson's back on the field. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Once Deshaun Jackson is back, you're not starting Ryan Grant or Crowder or any of those guys outside of Garcon, Jackson, and Reed. Those are really the only three reliable starters uh, of the Washington pass catchers. Yep. Uh, Jordan Reed, high upside young player. Um, start him until he gets hurt. So let's move on to Atlanta at Dallas. Oh my. Uh, running back scores galore. Yeah, yeah, this is what you look for. You a classical fantasy. You're trying to get a good running back to to carry. You know, ca- have them carry on their shoulders. Uh, I don't know that anybody was thinking that Joe Randall or Devontae Freeman were going to be those running backs, though. Yeah, three touchdowns for both of those guys. Uh, add in another touchdown for Darren McFadden if you were desperate enough to uh, give him a start. Um, wow, yeah, this game was just. A- back and forth back and forth and i gotta say atlanta looks good i think they're definitely playoff contenders but on the fantasy side matt ryan uh definite definite qb1 um and kyle shanahan you know he his philosophy of just getting the ball to your studs is basically what you want for fantasy and any any kyle shanahan player is great i i, I think that julio uh, you know, we spoke about him being the number one overall wide receiver preseason, but now with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who we'll cover in a little bit, getting nicked up, I, I think Julio's got that top spot now. Yeah, I, I thought so coming into for the PPR season. Um, and Des was my number one. Des Bryant was my number one on the uh, standard side of things. So it just may be Julio all day now. Yeah, and behind him, Roddy White, not even a single target. I, I said last week, you know, I'm, I'm ready to drop Roddy White if you haven't already. Yeah, if you own Roddy White, you may as well. It, if you think he's even going to hold value, but just the way that they're running this offense, I don't even know that I'd bother with Leonard Hankerson at this point. Last year, Harry Douglas had those big games, but I, I just don't think Hankerson's even going to get the opportunities. If White's not getting the t- touches and hankerson isn't getting them um he he really only targeted he targeted hankerson six times his running back five times and tight ends like three other times and that was it sure yeah hankerson to me is a a wide receiver four because every every few games he is going to get that score when julio's just so well covered if they you know if they roll triple or quadruple coverage on a certain goal line play to julio um, but more importantly, I think Hankerson, uh, if, if you're in a slightly deeper bench league, uh, is worth owning as a wide receiver for just as a Julio handcuff. He's Julio is getting so much work that, you know, it's very, very possible that he does get nicked up at some point this season. Sure. That's, uh, that's very true. Absolutely. Um, also to, to go along with your point of, uh, the coverage, this is the perfect guy, a contrarian play for your daily leagues. Um, if Julio's just having a triple covered sort of day, I could very easily see Hankerson coming up with a three touchdown game and he's very cheap. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, Devante Freeman real quick, uh, I think he's a safe start next week, but, um, you know, once Tevin Coleman gets back, I do want to see how the workload's going to get evened out between the two of those backs. Next week is going to be very telling if if, De- if Devontae Freeman, now he's not going to match this production. Don't don't get me wrong. 140 yards, three touchdowns. But if Devontae Freeman can put together a very solid day against this Houston defense, it may be his job uh, for, for Coleman to have to go in and wrench away from his hands more than anything else. Um, I wouldn't say that. I think at best it's still going to be a committee. If anything, he just forced the issue of actually getting more touches. I still think Coleman's going to be that guy. 
Um, in fact, I don't know. The Dallas, you saw what the Dallas defense was able to do to DeMarco Murray, who I think everybody would agree is a, is a quote-unquote better talent than Devontae Freeman. Sure, but I think that's that goes more to show uh, Philadelphia's offensive line issues than uh, you know Devontae Freeman's skill per se. Um, to me, I, I I still have Freeman as a sell high. If there are any guys like uh, Los out there in your league who who do think that Freeman could uh, kind of force the issue and kind of get more of those touches, even once Coleman is back. No, I I think at this point he's he's a go. He's a start, and uh, he. It's his job to lose just after that very impressive performance. <laughs> okay. Um, so on the on the flip side here, Brandon Whedon, just awful, awful showing. Um, you know, if Dallas wants to win games, they're going to need the running game to do, you know, most of the legwork, no pun intended. A lot of talk. If, if you are a Romo owner that for some reason went ahead and picked up Whedon, um, a lot of talk that Castle's going to ho- go ahead and take that job fairly shortly. Yeah, regardless, uh, you know, you're not getting any uh, Cowboys running backs, or I'm sorry, quarterbacks until Romo's back. Um, in yeah, terms I don't of, want him. In terms of the pass catchers, uh, you know, Lance Dunbar, 10 for 100 uh, PPR leagues, he he may be like a Shane Vereen type this year. In terms of the pass catchers, one wide receiver saw targets in that game. Just absolutely ludicrous. I don't understand it. I didn't get it. I don't know if Whedon is just that ineffective that he can only utilize the running back. Yes, I don't think Atlanta, it, Atlanta doesn't have that great of a defense. Obviously, they allowed 28 points. Um, Terrence Williams should have been able to do something. Yeah, look, uh, Jason Whedon, he's going to be PPR gold for the next few weeks. Uh, even when Romo's back, he loves Whedon. So uh, he may be getting old, but played in this game despite two sprained knees um and a sprained an- or i'm sorry two sprained ankles and a sprained knee uh fully healthy Witten with uh Whedon checking down i think he's gonna be a solid tight end one yeah absolutely i agree um to go back to dunbar um i think he's a he's a decent flex option at this point in a uh in a ppr he's put together two solid weeks but it's those reception numbers that's what's going to be carrying you more than anything else with him yeah, and again, we're seeing the league go more and more to a committee approach for the backfield, and you know it's going to be kind of a roulette for a lot of teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think I think I was when I was watching the uh, New England game, um, the the announcers actually made a great point that they were saying uh, they were saying Dion Lewis is in the Shane Vereen role, but this really isn't the Shane Vereen role, and it was New England that did this best and first with Kevin Falk years ago. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, Joseph Randall is still, you know, the running back that you want. Um, as as for Kristen Michael, just to touch on him real quick, I think he's still worth holding if you got a deeper league. Um, but if you have short benches and there there's somebody out there that you want to grab off the waiver wire, feel free to drop Kristen Michael at this point. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to rely on their run game. Um, in a, in a one year league, you don't need Kristen Michael, um, Darren McFadden. If you own Joe Randall. Just in case the wheels fall off, I think Darren McFadden is a guy to own if you're in the position where you're relying as jo- on Joe Randall as your w- running back one or two. Because there's been a lot of issues with a lot of players this year, and I know there's some teams that might have that exact situation. Sure. So that being said, let's move on to Indianapolis at Tennessee. Um, Andrew Luck really coming down to earth a little bit. Obviously not a horrible game for him. 260 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He looked just brutal, though, until the end of the game. I don't know what finally clicked for him in the fourth quarter, but just terrible until the end there. 
look, if you're an Andrew Luck owner, you're happy. You'll take those points. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, we discussed this on one of our podcasts uh, back in the preseason. You still had Luck, uh, number one quarterback, and I still had Rodgers, despite everything, despite Jordy being gone. Um, I, I do think that that offensive line is going to limit Andrew Luck quite a bit. Yeah, people were getting to him. Uh, the the most promising thing is that he was able to, you know, at the end of the game, at the end of it all, the chips were down, they were on the table, looked like Tennessee was going to run away with this one. The Andy Luck that we were expecting to see, finally, you know, it was like it was like uh, the Phoenix burnt to the ashes and, and re, reborn. It was like when Britney Spears cut her hair off and then finally, you know, years <laughs> later, so sort of re-emerged and, and was that in and, and it's like oops he did it again baby yeah and and on the flip side on the ground uh frank gore we discussed you know he, he was definitely a hold and we saw in this game why exactly age experience this man is the man he uh had a had a long run called back last week which limited his production limited people's outlook on him this week he showed you what he can do on the ground six yards of carry two touchdowns I'm I'm all in on Frank Gore, and I won't be getting off that train. Yep, and then uh, similarly to Roddy White, if you're still holding Andre Johnson, uh, he, he's an easy drop for me at this point. Did nothing in this game. Moncrief stepping up. Uh, Dorsett had a, had a long touchdown, but Moncrief he he's gonna be the guy. He uh, tied T Y Hilton for um, he tied T Y Hilton for targets, and he actually tied him for points also. Yeah, I think Hilton and Moncrief are gonna be sort of a one A one B. Um, Dorsett, he's going to be a flex wide receiver three or four. Uh, you know, every now and again, he'll get those scores like he did in this game. Uh, the, the one guy uh, I did want to talk about a little bit is Kobe Fleener. Dwayne Allen yep. out with that with that ankle injury. And he, you know, Allen has suffered quite a few injuries in his in his history. But at the same time, I'm, I'm still not trusting Kobe Fleener. You know, four for 51 in this game. Uh, but man, Fleener's just not good. He's had so many drops and then, you know, it seems like he just makes so many mental errors. As this team starts to gel together more, as this team starts to produce the way it's supposed to be, um, whoever's playing tight end in Indianapolis will be worth a start. They will be touchdown dependent, but they will be worth a start. Yeah, until uh, Fleener drops a wide-open 80-yard touchdown. but uh, Yeah, know. but that'll give T.Y. an opportunity to catch the next 80-yarder, and then Fleener, is a great, Fleener can be a great red zone option, especially with the other uh, with the other weapons spreading the field open for him. Okay, I'm just saying that even... He's not, my, he's not my first choice, but if you're on a bye week and you need somebody, I think maybe Fleener's the answer. Sure, I guess I'm just saying, uh, you, you know, even with Allen out, uh, you know, who and he should be back relatively soon, but e- even with Allen out, Fleener's still just a high-end tight end, too, for me. Sure, I can see that. Um, how about coming to this next week, though, against Jacksonville? New England's on a bye, which means everybody that owns Gronk is going to be looking for a tight end. Sure, I think Fleener's certainly one of the better streaming options. Um, yeah, you know, probably definitely. this week, and then we'll reevaluate going forward. Probably not much afterwards. Sure, and and again, you know, we'll we'll monitor Dwayne Allen's health. Um, exactly. So on the flip that, that, side, that's exactly why I say this week. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. On the flip side, Marcus Mariota, you know, looking great yet again. Uh, you know, ultimately didn't do enough, but uh, for a rookie, wow, he is flashing some serious potential right now. There haven't been many rookies that have put up these kind of numbers. In fact, I think there's not not any. Yeah, um, you know, 
Honestly, I think that given the way that the Titans defense is playing and how their offense is gelling right now under Mariota, I do think he might be able to be a low-end QB1 as a rookie. It's early to say that, but there's potential there. There's potential there. He has weapons around him. Uh, Kendall Wright is a very solid person to throw to. Delaney Walker, when he's healthy as he was this last game, seven seven receptions, 70 yards. He'll be able to throw some touchdowns in there. Um, One guy to watch out for. I had mentioned before, he has the potential to be an absolute stud at wide receiver. Doriel Green-Beckham, as they work him into the rotation more, uh, let him have a little more grasp on the offense. He's going to do nothing but help Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I think uh, at, at this point, you know, you can pick him up. I know a lot of people have been waiting on Devontae Parker and Brashad Perriman, but it seems right now Green Beckham is getting worked more into the offense than those two guys. I think he's got something like five targets and two touchdowns. Yeah, he's definitely going to be that, you know, uh, essential red zone threat for Mariota to kind of lock on. You could, you could see him come onto the field specifically for those high value situations. Oh, he's a big, big, strong man. <laughs> there there you have it um you know kendall wright ppr stud seven for 95 and a touchdown and then delaney walker uh like i said once he was back from that hand injury solid tight end one uh you know didn't get the score in this one but very easily could have nobody likes him he's old he plays for tennessee this guy is a great tight end to start in your league yep um solid low end tight end one for me and then, you know, we talked about avoiding uh, committees at running back if you can in fantasy, even for good teams. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that Tennessee has done quite enough under uh, Marcus Mariota to make me like their running game. Uh, Antonio Andrews in this game, 12 for 49 and touchdown. I'm not rushing to pick him up. I still think Cobb's going to get involved when he comes back. And uh, Sankey, uh, ooh, I don't even know what to say about Bishop Sankey. It's been a different guy every week. Sankey week one, McCluster week two, Andrews week three. It'll probably be Ben Tate week four. Look, all I'm saying is I hope you sold high on Bishop Sankey after week one. Absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to Oakland at Cleveland. Wow, this was actually you know a good game to watch. And last year, we would not have been saying that about Oakland at Cleveland. No, absolutely not. They kept it... Uh, they they very mellowly kept it exciting all the way till the end, I guess. Yeah, and you know uh, we talked about how bad Oakland is at defending against the tight end. So if you took a chance on Barnage in whether it's in your redraft leagues or in uh, daily, then you were rewarded. Yeah, congratulations! Hundred five yards and a touchdown. That's that's a sixteen spot right there. Um. So. Josh McCown, 341, two touchdowns, one interception. I would not trust that. Oakland's defense has a lot of issues. Speaks a little more about Oakland than about Big Joshy. That's right. Um, As for the running game, Crowell clearly got more work in this game. Uh, Duke Johnson just not looking good. I, I thought that, you know, with his talent that he might have a bigger role in the offense at this point, but that's clearly not true. Yeah, I thought he was going to look stronger than yesterday. Um but apparently not. Uh, give him a little more time. Give him a little more seasoning. I mean, Isaiah Crowell didn't. Uh, he didn't do anything to solidify his spot either. Um, this could be a this could be a problem just being part of that Cleveland offense, or Crowell just may not be very good. Yeah, and particularly for uh, you know PPR leagues, Duke Johnson did have six catches for thirty two yards. So I do think he's still the better running back in Cleveland uh, in PPR. Yeah, if there's somebody that you have to own, somebody that you're stashing on your bench for potential, for me, it's still the young guy. I, 
they're both young. Crowell was a rookie last year, but it's the younger guy, Duke Johnson Jr. So, uh, Travis Benjamin, we, we talked about this last week, possibly the Anton Smith of this year, just random touchdowns every single week. Um, I do think that's going to stop at some point, although the target numbers are certainly there. He was tied for first in targets this week with Gary Barnage. I, you know, he's still just a wide receiver four to me. He, without that touchdown, he would have been four, four for 45. I just can't trust him yet. For me, if there's anything that's telling, though, is that McCown got him, uh, threw at him 10 times, got him the ball, and got him the touchdown. <laughs> I thought he was going to be a strictly down-the-field Manziel play, but, I mean, just looking at the, the targets, four for 45, you know, that, that those aren't long targets down the field. McCown was hitting him. Um, not much, obviously, but enough. Well, not enough. They lost the game, but yes. you, you follow my point. Enough to make him look more usable and more more like a, a player in terms of the uh, Cincinnati or uh, Cleveland's offensive scheme. I get that, but at the same time, you know, you can use the same statistic to argue very different things. And and for me, while the targets are there, you know, forty percent caught for forty five yards, uh, you know, that those aren't great numbers. I'm I think that if Manziel is is the starter at some point again, then I'm more prone to buy into Benjamin. But until then, I, I'm still you know not not buying into him very much. Either way, the thing that drives targets is your quarterback usage and your game flow. McCown threw the ball fifty times. Yeah, um, you know, certainly worth a shot. Uh, for me, I think there are better options out there on the waiver wire. Oh yeah, far better. This this is this is academic this point um anybody else in this cleveland offense i don't think so no let's uh let's flip it over Derek carr another great game uh wow 314 yards two touchdowns no picks um i think he's a high-end qb2 at this point i think this is more proving that uh, the, the cleveland defense is not as great as we were giving it credit for however yeah but Carr putting up good numbers against baltimore too last week yeah, but but that Baltimore de- team didn't look all that great either, just allowing uh, something like 30 points, I think, right? Well, I mean, Cincinnati, that, that offense is very good, so I, I wouldn't necessarily put Yeah, that but against Baltimore. Andy Dalton, who isn't very good. Anyways, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that game next. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait, we have to talk about the Raiders first as much as we don't really want to. Um, yeah, Latavius Murray, clear bell cow back, 26 carries, um, dominated the touches in this game, and also dominated the Cleveland defense, 139 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Latavius Murray haunts my dreams. I was so right about him in the preseason, and then I became so wrong about him when they signed those other running backs. Uh, I, I should have had a little more faith, but I, I don't know what to say, and I don't want to think about it too much. He's great. Yeah, and Amari uh, Cooper, as a rookie, this is a spectacular season he's having thus far. He's doing quite well. Uh, look to continue. Hope he can. Um, Crabtree, on the other side of things, um, backed off a little bit from uh, how well he did the week prior, but I think he should be a steady producer depending on the games going forward. Yeah, only four for 36 on nine targets, but at the same time, if you're watching the game, there was a drive where Crabtree got targeted back to back to back on three straight plays, and I think yeah. that you know the his his amount of usage and you know how involved he is in the offense, uh, the points are going to be there. Yep, about 30% of the targets went to him. If he can convert them, then he's big money. Um, good thing, though, a positive sign on the day. We uh, we found the airplane. We found whatever boat. Uh, somebody found Roy Halu, brought him back, brought him back to Oakland. 
got him suited up and put him on a playing field. So I'm happy for him and his family. Yeah, not happy for any fantasy teams that uh, were still holding on to him. Even though he actually played in this game, if if you were still holding on to him, clear drop. Not only did he play in this game, he converted 100% of his targets. <laughs> All right, so I can't argue with that. One for 12. That's right. Um, you know, one other guy I do want to say, Seth Roberts has been playing an inordinate amount of snaps as the wide receiver three in this offense. Um, in slightly deeper leagues, I think it's time that you started keeping an eye on him or maybe even picking him up. Three for 56 and a touchdown on five targets. Uh, those aren't terrible numbers. Unless I'm incorrect, I think he had a uh, touchdown last week, too. Yeah, he did. And I I do think that both he and Crabtree have seen quite a few red zone targets. Um, You know, again, uh, still for only deeper leagues at this point, but uh, definitely worth uh, a a stash if you have room on your bench or at least, uh, you know, add them to your watch list. Yeah, good production out of the receivers only makes for uh, good days for David Carr. Um, More options for your bye week quarterbacks. All right, so let's get to that Cincinnati-Baltimore game now. Yeah, what a, what a game that was. Um, I'm a little scared to say this, but I, I think I'm buying into Andy Dalton as a low-end QB1 this year. Uh-oh. I don't know, I don't know if I feel that. He, he's done this to us before. He's put up three, four touchdown games. He's the, he's the exact quarterback who average numbers over the year look good but they are because he has great weeks he has absolutely awful weeks too this has been andy dalton's entire career i understand that dalton has struggled in the past and been very inconsistent but you know the part of it is his inability to you know manage the game if the defense is hurt uh, or if their running game or their receiving game isn't doing as well. Right now, he has possibly one of the best situations as an NFL quarterback. He has a very, very good defense. His offensive line is good at both run blocking and pass blocking. He's got two great running backs, and he's got a plethora of receiving options. Eifert, Green, and even Marvin Jones getting involved. I, I think that you know he's basically set up to succeed. He would have to be the worst quarterback in history to mess this up Mm, i don't know i i i I just i just don't see it i've seen it too many times where he puts together games like this and then the next week he comes up and he gives you a negative four day um bet andy dalton top 12 quarterback no for sure not so are you taking that bet oh yeah okay we'll see what happens We'll um, see what happens. Rest of season or next week? Uh, rest of season. <laughs> rest of season. Yeah, no way. Okay. No way, Jose right. or I'll, Mung. I'll I take thought it. you were somebody else. Um, okay, so more concerning is the split between Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Uh, Bernard actually had one uh, more carry than Hill did. And, uh, you know, 3.8 yards per carry against a, a stiff Baltimore defense, whereas Hill only had 1.8. Mixed messages coming out of the uh, ball, uh, out of the Cincinnati front office. Hugh Jackson adamant both last week and this week that uh, that Jeremy Hill is their number one back. Um, said this week that uh, game flow dictated that Jeremy Hill wouldn't be in the game. He said when they were down, Giovanni Bernard would be the uh, the guy in the game, which is all great and all. However, they were not really down. They should have been running the ball more. They were up, as a matter of fact until the fourth quarter. So I don't know what I'm buying out of this office. I don't know if they're just trying to 
tell Jeremy, you know, hey, good job, buddy, keep it up? Or if he's just trying to throw off fantasy owners, what's going on here? I'm still not terribly concerned with Hill. Um, I do think, you know, he was never a running back one to start with. I think there are a lot of people who had him as a top five, top seven running back going into the season. Yeah. You know, as we mentioned, Giovanni Bernard was always going to be involved at some level in this offense. Uh, I still think Hill's a, you know, mid-level running back too, though. He's going to get those scoring opportunities with this high-powered offense. um, And they're going to get the ball a lot with their defense forcing turnovers. Just very confusing game plan to me, though. They, I, the way that they led the first three quarters um, doesn't really tell me that Jeremy Hill should have had less than 20, 22 carries. Definitely not 12 carries. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be sort of a muddled situation. But again, you know, what better options do you have outside of Jeremy Hill? You know, basically so many offenses are relying on committees at this point that Hill still sees a, a, good, a good workload every week. True. Sort of rough matchup next week against KC. Um, still have to start him if he's in your offense, though. Absolutely. Um, so someone who's not game flow dependent, AJ Green, uh, career high, 227 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, wow. Uh, that actually brings us to our Gillette uh, close shave of the of the week. Ooh, I love this. And this week's close shave goes to uh, or is brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. Uh, down three points midway through the fourth quarter, Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton found a wide-open A.J. Green for an 80-yard bomb downfield. Green split two defenders and broke a tackle for the score. Get your close shave like A.J. Green with Gillette razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. Just like A.J. Green, Gillette, the best a man can get. Yeah, and uh, you know, well, you know, AJ Green banged up last year with that foot injury. People were down on him going into the season, saying, "Oh, he's he was never that great of a wide receiver to begin with." Um, yeah, well, we don't need to talk about AJ Green. Um, no, there's not much to say there. Yeah, easy start every week. Uh, Marvin Jones, though, eight targets, five for ninety-four and a touchdown. He's sneaking into there. He's sneaking into uh, a place where. He, he's not owned in a lot of uh, leagues, and I don't understand that. Um, every, the past three years, past two, three years, he's always been owned. I don't understand why he isn't this year. Yeah, he uh, definitely should have been owned if uh, you listen to this podcast. We uh, mentioned that we liked him better than Mohamed Sanu, that Jones uh, was limited by that injury all last year, and that he's definitely the more talented receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not really much else to say. Oh, Tyler Eifert, unfortunate. Uh, probably should have had two touchdowns on the day. Just could not hang on to the ball. A um, lot of good defense played against him that game. That's all That's all I can say about that. Yeah, I'm not worried. I, I think that Baltimore made it a priority to shut down Eifert in this game, and that allowed Green to get loose. Uh, going forward, defenses can't afford to focus on Eifert. Green is their main worry still, and Eifert's going to get plenty of targets and plenty of catches. Craziness. He'll be fine. And so will Steve Smith on the other side. <laughs> oh my gosh, jeez. Turning back the clock, uh, he must have found the, the, the fountain of youth and just drowned himself in it this week or something. Yeah, um, again, Steve Smith, just an absolute monster on the field. But I again, I'm preaching caution or for you to sell high You know, as soon as possible. We saw last year that Steve Smith had a red-hot start. Um, just trailed off 
towards you know midway in the season he's just getting you know he's hitting that wall as a 34 year old receiver i believe 35 now mm-hmm. he will slow down this is only a matter of time um the targets will be there with trustman at uh at at offensive coordinator but with perriman eventually coming back with uh smith senior uh, with an eventual slowdown, just like he did last year. He can't be in better shape this year than he was last year. I can tell you that much. Um, also, a uh, bit of an emergence. Seven targets to the rookie, Max Williams. Nice to see him on the field converting some catches. Yeah, um, sorry. One one last thing on T. Smith. Sorry, sure. uh, he was actually 36. And I, I do think that um, he's going to be, while, while I preach sell high on Smith, I do think that because he's committed to retiring after this year we may see uh, more of a uh, prolonged production from him this year and then last you can't produce more than your body will let you though sure but i'm just saying i do think that he's one of those guys where he wants it so bad that he's gonna get that first down that touchdown he's gonna get that extra yard sure and he'll get that extra yard but i mean we've seen it time and again in this nfl fighting hard gets you hurt hard yeah. Um, so yeah, I do like both of those tight ends as flyers. Um, you know, I liked Gilmore coming in, but it seems like they're giving Williams uh, more snaps even early in the season. I do think that Gilmore's role may fade a little bit. Regardless, for me, it's a watch. It's not an own on either of these two guys. Sure, and uh, definitely not any of the wide receivers until we see Perriman come back and maybe get a shot. Um, you know, Marlon Brown, Michael Campanaro, they've had ample opportunity to seize this wide receiver two job and just nothing. Yeah. If they're not going to do it, you're getting the, the, yeah, that's, that's, uh, what is it? What, what's the phrase? Like you, you don't, uh, you don't let a boy do a man's job or something. I feel like that's what Steve Smith, uh, the old man said, Hey boys, sit down, let a man do it. We're going to score some touchdowns. We're going to get this offense going. And it's worked right now. Uh, didn't get them the win or anything. They probably need uh, to spread the ball around a bit more. Yeah, and it's a different situation from Julio Jones. He can handle 15 catches a game. Steve Smith is not 26 anymore. Absolutely. Um, even more so than uh, receiver production, this running game is going to need to make something happen if they don't want to go 0-16 this season. It might be time to start hitting that panic button on Justin Forsett. I hate to say it, but oh, I'm uh, panicking. I'm 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 doing things I can't say on the podcast. <laughs> Look, he got you know the clear majority of the work. He got ten carries as opposed to Buck Allen, who got three carries, and Lorenzo Taliaferro, who also got three. But at the same time, uh, Taliaferro was banged up in practice this week with a foot injury. Um, we saw last week that he was very involved in the offense, uh, almost splitting, you know, half and half with Forsett. I think that if, if Forsett may be a sell high as well. Oh, I don't think there's a way to sell him high right now. He hasn't, he had, what did he have? Four points this game? Sorry, maybe, maybe sell high is the uh, wrong term. Maybe sell for what you can get. Yeah, just cut bait. I mean, don't drop him, obviously, because he has that potential to turn it around especially if they ever start using trustman's offense with him there as the offensive coordinator which i'm not convinced that they're doing so i don't really understand why he has a job in baltimore as it is but uh set scares me if he's your running back one you're in bad shape if he's your running back two you're not in as bad of shape you can't but you need to find another option soon okay so one quick question before we move on to the massacre in new england um hmm. <laughs> 
One league, um, you know, I picked up Carlos Williams. Uh, I ended up keeping Forsett. I did not drop him outright, but uh, rest of the season, Carlos Williams or Justin Forsett? At this point, especially with uh, with the news out that McCoy um, is banged up a little bit, dinged up a little bit, McCoy wants to heal up, Rex Ryan probably wants him to heal up. At this, this next week, at the very least, um, let's take a look at the matchups. Um, let's see. It's Buffalo against... Baltimore against Pittsburgh. I still don't even trust him against that soft Pittsburgh defense right now. Uh, I would go Buffalo. I would go Carlos Williams next week. And for right now, I think I think it's going to be four set for rest of season. I haven't bailed completely, but for the foreseeable future, for the next couple weeks, it's got to be Williams. Okay. Yeah, I I think I'm leaning Williams too. Um, as scary as that is, but that that's how quickly the running back situation changes in, in the NFL. 30-year-old running back, never had much tread on the tires, but still 30 years old, and there must have been a reason that no team used him as their star until last year. Yeah, so, all right, let, let's move on to Jacksonville at New England. Sure. Uh, I can't say that I'm shocked by the score. It's basically along the lines of what I expected going into week three. Um, yeah, Blake- I... I- I agree. Uh, the the uh, the Bill Belichick, I'm going to kick your ass tour is in full effect. It's going to continue for another 14 weeks. Yeah, and I think that we've seen against the Patriots that they're a good matchup for opposing fantasy quarterbacks just because of the garbage time that they give up. Garbage time is like no time of any other. It's it's a time to enjoy your your crappy team's players. Ba- basically, you should hope for every team to do this to Jacksonville if you own Alan Hearns or Alan Robinson. Yeah, not so much for TJ Yeldon owners. Um, you know, we kind yeah, of uh, discussed it a little bit in the past, but basically, despite the fact that he is basically the bell cow for Jacksonville, the problem is that the red zone opportunities are just few and far between. I agree. Uh, they're they're not going to score much, except in this garbage time where it's probably going to be from you know bombs from their own twenty after the other team just scored on them again. Yeah, and I do think that despite the fact that Hearn's got that fluke uh, long touchdown in this game, Allen Robinson's still the wide receiver I want. It's Robinson. He had a big drop. He also had a nice big catch. Um, I was shocked that he didn't come away with a touchdown this game, to be honest. Yeah, and the the one other thing uh, that I've been bringing up every week so far, uh, keep your eye on Julius Thomas. If if he's a free agent in your league, go get him. If if his owner needs somebody at, at a different position, offer him a trade. Clay Harbor in this game, three for 43 on five targets and got the touchdown. Uh, certainly not on the same level of talent as Julius Thomas. I think he's going to be heavily involved in this offense. Can't agree more. If you have a... Yeah, a bye week uh, tight end, or if you're one of the guys that um, uh, has an injured tight end, Julius Thomas, uh, I'm not sure if he'll be back this week, possibly the week after, but he's back in practice. Yeah, and uh, like I said, if the owner of Julius Thomas in your league is hurting in a different position, maybe, you know, 0 3 or 1 2 needs to get something going, you know, throw him a trade. Um, exactly. Okay, so New England, uh, there's really not much to say. Every New England Patriots player scored well in this game tom brady you know definitely top five qb right now in fantasy uh the rest of the season as well um and we did see Legarrette blunt get more work uh, as as many predicted uh going into this week uh 18 for 78 we did not expect the three touchdowns 
Um, yeah. but a lot of fluky touchdown production this week. Um, I, I'm not gonna, you know, anoint him as a running back one by any means. I think he's still a, a low end running back two or high end running back three for me. Sure. Uh, I don't think if you started either of them, you're, you're angry. If you started, uh, Lewis and we're hoping for a little more, you might be a little upset, but he still put together a pretty darn nice game for you for a guy that you probably picked up off the wire waiver wire. My question next week, actually not next week, week after, because of course they're on a buy next week, week after blunt or Lewis. Uh, what's the matchup? Uh, next week, the matchup will be. Sorry, here's my handy dandy notebook. Uh, New England at Dallas week five, Blunt or Lewis? Um, you know, the Dallas defensive line actually looks pretty solid d- despite what Devontae Freeman did. I-, I still like Lewis rest of the season, especially in PPR. Um, okay, that was know, my second question was the next rest of season. Yeah, I mean, look look at it this way. LeGarrette Blunt, uh, without those, let's say, you know, and again, I, you can't say, you know, take away a player's biggest play or something, but I'm just saying regressing to the mean, he's not going to score three touchdowns every week. Let's say he had the 78 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Deion Lewis matched that touchdown and he got five for 30, you know, through the air. I, I still like Lewis over Blunt. Yeah, it, I, I agree. Um, if they're going to be frustrating, just like the running back situation was last year. But uh, I agree for right now, it's Lewis over Blunt. Yeah, and uh, I, I picked up Aaron Dobson in a deep 16-team league just in case, you know, he was coming on a little bit. Uh, one, one for five on three targets. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be very matchup-dependent and consistent. I, I, was wrong on, I was definitely wrong on that call. Yeah, I think Dobson is worth a drop, son. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, touchdown to Ty Montgomery. Okay. All right. Well, you know. What was going to happen sooner or later, Janice or Montgomery? I guess uh, Montgomery was first. Yeah, um, I do think that um, you know Montgomery in dynasty leagues possibly worth a pickup, depending on how deep your bench is. Um, but you know, let's get back to the recaps. Absolutely. Um, I don't really think there's anything else to say here. Chandler did what I expect from Chandler: two targets for twenty-five. Um, it's Gronk all day and all night. You're not worried about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's move on to. New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, NFC South. Yeah, the division, one of the divisions that's open to any team, really, depending on uh, what happens. Up uh, for the taking. Yeah, we saw, uh, you know, Carolina's defense just swarming everywhere. Um, it seemed like every play, defenders came out of nowhere to just force that tackle. Um, despite that, Luke McCown, 310 yards, but zero touchdowns and one interception, uh, Verizon signal kind of weak right now. Uh, you know, you weren't starting him anyway. Yeah. I I think what, if there is something that defenses might've learned here though, uh, you might want to make him make the throws, put more people in the backfield, make him have to squeeze those holes. Um, rushing the quarterback's great when you can get to him, but when you don't, there's wide open receivers. Yeah, and you know, early reports say that, you know, Drew Brees is doubtful for next week. Uh we'll keep an eye on that. Uh Mark Ingram got the touchdown here. Still 3.6 yards per carry against a pretty good uh Carolina rushing defense. Uh you know, he is what he is. I think he's a running back too. He's sort of touchdown dependent. We saw Kyrie Robinson steal some carries and vulture a touchdown here. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think that you're not really starting Robinson. He's a you know crazy desperation flex or running back to 
uh, if if you're lacking at the position. But Ingram's still pretty solid for me. Yeah, for me, this was a game flow issue. If they're up, if actually, if this New Orleans uh, offense can ever get up, it's uh, it would be a good thing for them, a miracle almost. Uh, would, but they've got all that New Orleans voodoo. But that's what Ingram's going to need for him to get 20, 20 plus carries is for them to be up. Um, otherwise, they're going to be changing their personnel. They're going to be getting Corin Robinson in there. They're going to be working CJ Spiller in there anymore, who had, I think, two catches this week. I think he had one last week. So this next week, he'll probably have three catches. Yeah, I'm really disappointed in CJ Spiller right now. You know, going into the season, I was very high on him. I thought that his upside was huge, and his upside is still quite quite high. Um, but so far, he's just done nothing, whether it's because of that knee surgery he had or just because of how they tend to spread the ball in New Orleans. Four words, do not drop yet. Oh, absolutely not. Um, no, not at all, especially when we, when, you know, this game was with Luke McCown. We haven't seen really Breeze yet in a full game with C.J. Spiller with both of them healthy. Um, we'll see what happens then. Uh, one other thing, you know, Cook's, uh, you know, low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three right now. But uh, I, I do want to say it looks like Willie Sneed has kind of jumped over Brandon Coleman for that wide receiver three job. Um, someone to keep keep an eye on in deeper leagues. Yeah, I'm not convinced. And for me, Brandon Cooks is still a is still a mid mid to low range, mostly mid range wide receiver too. He's going to be the guy. He's the best talent that they have on that team. He's the guy that they want to get the ball to. And uh, McCown's going to be able to get him that ball if he stays sort of stays sort of shallow. Finds the finds the holes in the defense that McCown's shown that he can sort of find those holes. Um, Sneed, it's it's nothing for me yet. This this New Orleans Sean Payton offense has always been a been a uh, dependent on relied on a number of wide receivers. Ingram or uh, Colston could put together this Sneed game that he had. The, actually, Colston had a better game than Sneed, uh, forty seven on four instead of uh, forty four for five. But just as easily, Brandon Coleman could do this next week. It, it it's Cooks or nobody for me. Sure. And uh, on the flip side, you know, we see Cam Newton always been a good uh, fantasy quarterback, uh, especially against weak opponents. He does what a good quarterback is supposed to do and pick him apart. 315 yards, two touchdowns, no inter- no interceptions, um, plus seven for 33 and a rushing touchdown. Uh, that's why Cam Newton was always a great top five fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's quite that this year, but uh, he's certainly still a low end quarterback one. He had a very nice day, just waiting for somebody to hit him in the mouth while he's running the ball like that. Yeah, uh, I am I am a little worried about Jonathan Stewart. We thought he was going to get more work with D'Angelo Williams gone, but Mike Tolbert still got five carries. Uh, Cameron Ars Payne got three. Um, you know, Stewart just not as involved in the offense as we'd like. Well, I think he was a little hobbled this game. I, I'd... I'd you know, put the brakes on a little bit in terms of being worried about him. Give him a week. Let's see what this next uh, what this next matchup brings against Tampa Bay. He should be able to find some holes. Should be able to get back on track. If there's trouble there, then I might start to have a little concern. But I, I'm not, I'm not getting worried just yet. Yeah, and uh, you know, Greg Olson, just huge monster. Oh my game. god! Glad Somebody game. cover him. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, we won't get we won't talk about Rob Ryan again, but just awful yeah. Saints defense. Uh, Olsen is going to be kind of a, a two faced guy this entire season. I think against poor opponents, he's going to blow up and against good opponents who actually cover the pass. Um, you know, they're going to focus on him and kind of shut him down a little bit. 
Olsen is one of those players in the NFL who seems benign, seems like a nice guy, but I don't like him because he was so not great with the Bears. He had just seasons upon seasons where every third time he would touch the ball, he would just put it on the floor, just fumble it, just because I think that's what it said in his contract. If you don't fumble 30 times this season, then we won't pay you or something like that. I I don't know. But that's what he did for the Bears, and now he's having this massive career resurgence in Carolina. Just makes me angry. (laughs) Well, regardless, for fantasy, he'll be fine. Um, one thing, Ted Ginn, keep an eye on him. I, I think it's going to be a weekly roulette at receiver, but he is the one with the best deep speed. I'll tell you who it isn't. It, it's not funches and bunches. That's not what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carolina wide receivers avoid, avoid, avoid. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do right now. Okay. So um, Philadelphia at New York, uh, turning things around a little bit. Yeah, uh, against a fairly decent defense, too. Yeah, so what do you make of this? Because they struggled against a a relatively soft defense last week, and now, you know, they're they're doing well against a a defense that shut down Andrew Luck just one week ago. Um, Well, what do you attribute to this to? Is is this because of a short week to recover for, for the New York Jets? You know, I'm, I'm not a head coach in the NFL. I'm not a personnel man, but but there's a few things we can look at. DeMarco Murray's not in the game. That's one difference. Ryan Matthews was able to put together 108 yards on the ground compared to DeMarco Murray's 12 yards on the ground from the first two games. Is it just, does Ryan Matthews fit this offense better? Or is this just another week that this Chip Kelly offense with a new quarterback under the helm is finally being able to meld together, gel together and mold together? Um, or is it just that this defense was tired? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping, as a Matthews owner, I, I mean, if you've listened, I, I own Matthews in like 17 of my four leagues. Um, so, so I'm hoping that, it's, that Matthews is the answer. Yeah, you know, and this may be the cop-out, but I think it's, it's a combination of all those factors. The offense getting to gel a little bit more now, you know, third week <sighs> in the season. Have an opinion, darn it. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, you know, we, we both mentioned again preseason that Ryan Matthews was going to be one of those late-round targets just because of the opportunity if Murray was ever out. And here, here we see that Murray's out and Ryan Matthews producing. If you listened, if you started him, you were very happy with what happened, even though you might have been scared starting him in this in this uh, Philly offense that hasn't done anything. Yeah, the, the receiving touchdown was a little fluky, but still two for 20, and, and you'll take the 108 yards even if he didn't score on the ground. Um, but Darren Sproles still very much involved. Not great on the ground, but he vultured that touchdown, so um, it seems that Chip, uh, again, uh, likes to kind of spread the wealth and I do think that with Murray back, it's going to be kind of a weird committee. Yeah, with Murray, if Murray's out, uh, Matthews is the guy. He over doubled Sproles' carries. He had two less catches than Sproles, two less targets than Sproles. Um, but even so, it was four to six. Uh, it, Matthews is the guy to have on your field, on your team playing if Murray's out. But yeah, when Murray comes back, it's hard to say that you know it's not going to go back to this weird, ineffective three-headed monster. Maybe because Murray was out, Matthews was able to get sort of a rhythm. Maybe if one of these guys is out, whoever's out there can find a rhythm within this offense and then finally uh, produce. Yeah, I I do think that, uh, you know, it's kind of underrated in the NFL, but the the committee approach works perfectly fine if you only have backs who are, you know, suited either only for the running game or only for the passing game. 
But when you've got a guy like Ryan Matthews or DeMarco Murray, why not feed them the ball? That, that's my one thing. Um, you know, I, I won't uh, rant too much right now about that. But no. uh, other thing, uh, Jordan Matthews, 649, not the greatest of games for him. But, you know, we'll, we'll take it. He's still he's still going to be, you know, the, the most targeted player on that team. Um, Sam Bradford, I said last week, you can drop him. Uh, we had such high hopes, but I just, you know, if, if he starts getting it going in a couple weeks, you can pick him up again. But right now, he's burning a, wa- a roster spot. Six catches by receivers this game, all six by Jordan Matthews. Uh, he's looking a lot more like Alex Smith than Sam Bradford right now. Yeah, and then the inability or unwillingness to to target his receivers downfield is really hurting. You know, I, I was really high on Nelson Aguilar coming into the season, and, and I still like him a lot in terms of skill set, skill set and talent. But if he's not getting the targets, then he just can't produce. And in despite the fact that he was getting open downfield, um, I don't know. I just Aguilar right now maybe hold for one more week, see if he's more involved, if they get this offense gelling. But if he doesn't do anything next week, you can drop him. If your team's doing well and you can afford to hang on to him if you grabbed him super late, then you hold on to him. But if you were relying on him in any way, shape, or form, you need to find a new answer now. Um, there's leagues where Carlos Williams is unowned. There's leagues where um, Marvin Lewis is unowned. Or Marvin Lewis? No, that, that was the old coach of the Bengals. Who's the wide receiver on the Bengals? <laughs> Marvin Jones. Uh, Marvin Jones. There's leagues where Marvin Jones is, is unowned. You need to find a better answer, and now. Yeah, and on the flip side, uh, the New York Jets, um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is who we, who we thought he was. Uh, he's going to be inconsistent. Two touchdowns, three interceptions, almost 300 yards, though. You know, he'll be a matchup-dependent QB, too. Um, Bilal Powell got most of the work, but, you know, this was one of those things where, uh, you know, they kind of screwed fantasy owners where Chris Ivory was active but did absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, trying to trick Chip Kelly, you know, playing playing games with the with the with the evil genius. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's kind of infuriating from a fantasy standpoint. And I I really don't see how much of an advantage it gives you as an NFL team. But uh, anyway, uh, Bilal yeah. Powell did okay with his limited touches. Um, you know, you you would have liked to see more. I, I think he is what he is. He's a handcuff for um chris ivory with you know flex value in ppr leagues just because of the receptions yeah he put together a fairly nice game if you were if you were lucky enough that you decided to start him um in a ppr league uh added seven catches that's seven extra points 70 yards just like that bonus baby um other than that literally the only person worth mentioning on this team uh on this offense is brandon marshall um because decker's out uh injured right now Marshall just just looking like a beast. He he gets stuff done. He's such a good wide receiver. Yeah, you know Decker and Marshall are going to be those guys. But uh, in a deep deep dynasty league that I'm a part of, uh, I picked up Quincy Inunua. Um, he's got amazing metrics, and uh, he did really really well um, despite being a sixth round excuse me a sixth round draft pick out of Nebraska. Um, I think in very deep leagues, he's definitely a name to monitor. See, for me, it's actually Devin Smith. Uh, first game he was active, goes ahead and gets nine targets right off the bat. I bet Nelson Aguilar is pretty jealous. <laughs> uh, yeah, as, as an Aguilar owner in multiple uh, leagues, I'm not I'm not very happy with that. But regardless, for redraft, uh, Brandon Marshall's the guy. Um, Zach Stacy, we saw him get involved. Uh, just awful. Please drop Zach Stacy if you were holding on to him for any reason whatsoever. Does anybody own him? 
Yeah, I think his mother does still in her fantasy league. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to Tampa Bay at Houston. Um, Jameis Winston, not quite. Shouldn't talk about a man's mother. <laughs> hey, I didn't say anything bad. I'm sure if she played fantasy, she would own him. Uh, so Jameis Winston, pretty pretty good game. Not quite Marcus Mariota, but you know they uh, without those botched field goal attempts, they would have won that game. I think. How about without the un- how about without the stolen touchdown from Vincent Jackson? Another week, another stolen Vincent Jackson touchdown. The refs have it in for my boy. Yeah, I mean, I, clearly the second foot w- wasn't down, but you know the the one thing we can tell Vincent Jackson owners is he's getting those high value targets. Sooner or later, the odds are gonna you know shift in his favor, and you know I stay the course with Vincent Jackson. <laughs> Speaking targets, though, 17 targets for Mike Evans. Yes, sir. Um, You know, he was clearly limited by that hamstring injury. Now that he's healthy, we see that, uh, you know, the chemistry is still not great, but it's something that, you know, Winston and uh, Evans will work on. And I think that we saw that there's a clear changing of the guard. Vincent Jackson's still going to be very involved, but Evans is the guy. Evans is a two. Jackson is a flex. Yep. Um, for those of you who are worried about his injury, you know, coming back, he did practice all week. And, uh, you know, as we said, you, if he practices, start him. Yep. Um, Brandon Myers, just quickly, Brandon Myers did nothing to excite me with, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins out. Um, and then onto the running game, uh, 14, 14 of the 20 carries for Doug Martin didn't look great. Um, Houston defense though. You think it's mostly that factor? Yeah, I think Houston is a pretty solid uh, run defense. Uh, it does worry me a little bit that Sims got more work, but they, they were trailing a lot of the game, and they were trying to pass more against a good uh, front seven for Houston, so I'm not too worried about Martin. He still he still looks good uh, in terms of his skill set. Yeah, game flow takes Martin out of the game. He's not the pass-catching back that Charles Sims is. Um, I expect uh, Buc- the Buccaneers to be trailing and trying to uh, come up in a lot of games which to me uh, limits Martin to flex value. Yeah, speaking of running backs catching passes, James Starks, uh, you know, we mentioned handcuff uh, for Eddie Lacy. He's doing work right now. Uh, he's definitely worth the pickup if you grabbed him in your leagues. There you go. If you, don't, if you don't own him, especially if you're an Eddie Lacy owner, you've seen what can happen. If you're an Eddie Lacy owner, you want to own him. You don't want to be sitting there waiting for Monday night to roll around to figure out who's playing. You want to be able to take one and plug him in. Yep. And uh, all right. So let's talk about Houston real quick. Uh, Ryan Mallett. We've discussed how awful he is. Please don't start him. Um, Ryan Mallett is poison. You ever play ground is lava when you were a kid? Mallet <laughs> is lava. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I used acid instead of lava, but I, I okay. can certainly agree that Ryan Mallett is, uh, you know, try, try to step on the couch. Don't actually touch Ryan Mallett. That's right. Throw some pillows down on him if you're going to step on him. Um, something I didn't expect, Alfred Blue, 31 carries for 139 yards and a touchdown. Um, don't care. Wow. Arian Foster, when he comes back, just wow. I just wish that I, I had the foresight of grabbing L Blue. I thought it was going to be more mixed up. I thought it was going to be Grimes Polk. Um, Blue took the, took the lead this game and ran with it. Ha ha, so to speak. Um, I'm not confident that that's going to be the case next week. Foster may be back. I'm expecting him more around week five though. Yeah, and Hopkins, uh, you know, coming back, was able to play after that concussion last week, 8 for 101 and a touchdown. You know, this is what we expect against poor defenses. Uh, He's going to be involved heavily every week regardless. Uh, Wide receiver, too. 
Yeah, he's um, great. Low end one, high end two. Um, in terms of the second wide receiver there, I was right about Cecil Shorts, I guess. So that's sort of good, but uh, not by much. Yeah, I mean, he, he had uh, he had a good day in terms of you know just contributing to his team. But as a fantasy wide receiver, still just a wide receiver for. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's move on to the next game, which is San Diego at Minnesota. Just wow, this is not what I expected at all. This was a drubbing. I didn't pick. I in my pick them, I had the Chargers all day, all night. Um, clearly, not what occurred. Yeah, Philip Rivers disappointing in this game. We saw Kellen Clemens, um, clearly not good. But um, yeah, Melvin Gordon though, uh, kind of yeah, a meh showing for uh, a game where it really got out of control quick. So I'm not going to hold that against Gordon. I still think he's going to be a, a, a low end running back too when he gets those opportunities. Um, we did see Brandon Oliver uh, worked in more, but again, that's because the game was so out of hand. Yeah, just a little bit of surprise, though, with Oliver getting so many touches with Woodhead available, Woodhead being a good pass catcher, um, put together three catches. Uh, Oliver actually didn't uh, really catch many passes, which is what he did last year. So I'd have expected a little bit difference there. Just just an interesting point of uh, discussion debate, though. Um, going forward, Melvin Gordon's going to have the majority of the carries, the majority of the work is going to gain the majority of the confidence out of this offense, I think. Um, if he's a guy that uh, his owners are sort of getting um, irritated, a little uh, angst, antsy about, eh, throw some feelers out. See if you can get them sort of cheap. Um, Rivers took a shot, uh, got the wind knocked out of him. Should be fine. Should be fine for next week. Shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Again, I think Oliver came in just because they didn't want to risk Woodhead or Gordon getting hurt. Um, but Keenan Allen, just another monster day uh, like he'd had in week one. Um, I, I think, you know, he and Stevie Johnson are going to kind of trade off big weeks. But regardless, even when he doesn't have the monster weeks, Keenan Allen, solid wide receiver, too. Um, and I still like Stevie over Malcolm Floyd to. D- despite the uh, slight advantage in points this week to Floyd. Yeah, absolutely. Keenan Allen's a, a definite start. Stevie Johnson's a flex, depending on uh, the guys on your team, until the triumphant return of Antonio Gates. Yeah, um, I, I do think that Gates coming back is going to take away some of the red zone opportunities for Stevie Johnson, but I do think he's still going to be all over that field and you know, still a solid wide receiver three. Okay, I, I think he'll probably drop out of your rotation when Gates comes back. But I could see, I could see you still starting him. I could see both sides of it. Well, we won't know till he gets back, I guess. Um, let's see. Yeah, Keenan Allen can't can't disagree. He did great. He'll come. I, I don't know if he'll come back down to earth. This was a nice day. I, I'm expecting about ten catches a game for him. Yeah, definitely PPR. Just a solid play. And um, look, here here's the thing. On the other side, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, not a great game you know we we like how he's progressing as an nfl quarterback but again in fantasy he's a quarterback too because the offense is as it should run is going to run through adrian peterson yeah absolutely um this offense will continue to run through adrian peterson who had a very nice day who had an expected day this is this is what we should enjoy going forward with adrian peterson but this good production from adrian peterson is going to help Mike Wallace, who isn't doing great, is going to help Charles Johnson, who isn't doing great. He's going to open up those deep ball uh, play action passes, and they're going to start to produce. Well, speaking of uh, Mike Wallace and Charles Johnson, Johnson left the game with a rib injury. If he does miss any extended period of time, I really like Mike Wallace as a buy low. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, okay, so Kyle Rudolph kind of disappointed in this game, but he did lead the team in targets. So again, I still like Rudolph as a low-end tight end one. Um, Matt Asiata got a couple carries in this game. You know, even Adrian Peterson needs to to rest every now and again. Uh, AP is the guy. Don't worry about that. Absolutely. Saw so both Jarek and Matt Asiata and Adrian Peterson still had a hundred and let's see a combined. Uh, oh, he didn't have any catches, so he had a hundred and twenty-six and two. Yeah, and uh, you, you'll take that. You're you're okay with no catches. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with that if you're okay with it. So possibly the biggest uh, news of the week: um, Pittsburgh at St. Louis. First off, just a weird game because it got delayed because the field was on fire. Um, the field, the field. The, I'm sorry, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and just uh, man, this is awful. What what have you heard about Big Ben? Big Ben looks like he has a uh, sprain slash tear in the MCL. Uh, looks like it's going to be four, but more likely six weeks. Uh, four to six weeks for Big Ben. Uh, Michael Vick's going to come in and replace him for that uh, for that amount of time. Um, that will affect this offense. I've got worries going forward. How about you? Yeah, I uh, I do think that for NFL purposes, um, you know, the, the Steelers aren't going to be favored as much to win these games. But in terms of fantasy production from Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, they're certainly not going to be as good as they would be with Ben under center. But I still think Le'Veon Bell is a running back one. Antonio Brown is still a top five wide receiver. You know, I'm not I'm not, uh, you know, trying to sell any of these guys by any means. It's not changing the way you're viewing them, but how about um, Heath Miller and the soon returning Martavis Bryant? I actually like Heath Miller just because I think Vic might check it down more. Um, as for Martavis Bryant, I am worried. Uh, you know, he, he is now a do not start until Ben is back, just because of the sheer fact uh, that Michael Vic looked awful. Um, I, I, I'm not going to trust Michael Vic with any deep downfield shots. Yeah. I, I- I I can't disagree. Um, Darius Hayward Bay, if he thought there was any perceived value there, which I, I didn't really, um, he's not a guy to look at. Marcus Wheaton's gone. Martavis Bryant's a hold. You're not starting him until you can see that he can do something with that offense. Um, well, yeah. uh, the one thing about Martavis Bryant that I want to bring up, uh, much like Des, uh, you know, obviously to a much lesser extent, but I do think that Mark Martavis Bryant is a buy low right now. If you are, you know, three and O or a strong two and one and can afford to, you know, waste a roster spot there. Um, I do think that he's going to do very well once Roethlisberger is back. See, I think in this offense, in order for Bryant to have good value, the value is going to have to come away from Antonio Brown. Um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, on the flip side, I think that when Ben is back, they're just going to score more points total. Their defense certainly can't stop anyone. For sure. This may be academic at this point, especially considering uh, Ben will be back likely week seven or uh, not uh, in six weeks. So he'll, he'll be back by playoff time. Do not go doing anything crazy and dropping him off your team. He's a good quarterback. Um, just a scary hit, though. The way the way that safety, it wasn't intentional, didn't look intentional, just like flying in there, you know, guns a-blazing, crawling in because he, he lost his footing, and just wham, right, right into the, right under the knee where you don't need it to hit. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's just nothing you can do. It, it happens, and, you know, we wish Ben the best. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so on the flip side, uh, Nick Foles, just awful, awful, awful for the Rams in general. Todd Gurley's NFL debut certainly could have gone better. Um, I hope you didn't start him. Uh, you know, I hope you didn't trust him as a start for your fantasy team. His first week back in the NFL coming off an ACL tear. Um, Trey Mason looked awful too. Just an awful game for the Rams. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, tough matchup next week against Arizona. I'm staying away from any, everybody on the Rams right now, um, except for uh, po- possibly Jared Cook. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Kenny Britt, uh, 7 for 102 in this game. I'm ignoring that. I don't think that's going to be uh, repeatable by any means. No, that that can happen for Tavon Austin. Uh, won't happen for Tavon Austin, but that could happen for, you know, well... Nobody even had catches this week, really. Um, one thing, though, if uh, if Brian Quick, if they decide to get him into the lineup, um, there hasn't been a quick sighting. He was yet, not but, on the uh, same plane as Roy Hallou. N- n- no, he was not with Roy Hallou. Here I thought they were together, you know, having a nice little beach holiday. No, that wasn't the case. Yeah, um, just a random note. Uh, despite this terrible game, Rams defense still scored well. They're they're going to be solid, even I think even against Arizona, even against Carson Palmer, even though they're red hot. I do think the Rams are going to slow them down. Carson Palmer hasn't really been tested just yet. I would hang tight and start your uh, and start St. Louis. Uh, more more so than that, the, the Arizona offensive line hasn't been truly tested yet, and now they get St. Louis with. Uh, Alec Ogletree and and uh, Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn and uh, we'll see thrown into the fire now. Yeah, but like Ego Ferguson and uh, and I can't even name the Bears defense right now. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so San Francisco at Arizona. Let's talk about that game. Uh, just almost as bad as uh, New England. Uh, not quite, but. Wow, just Arizona. Arizona is is like Arizona is is beating people up right now. There's no there's no PG way I can put it other than saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Look, Carson Palmer is a, a stud QB one right now. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 311 yards, not great. Uh, you know, only two touchdowns. But anytime you're saying you're talking about a quarterback and you're saying only two touchdowns, that means they're doing something very right. Bruce Arians is on a mission to step on the NFL and crush people like cockroaches. I, I don't I don't fully understand it. I don't fully understand keeping a, a uh, such an injury prone quarterback out there an entire game like this. But I but I can't say that I don't like it. It's fun to watch. Well, it's because Bruce Arians started uh, Carson Palmer in DFS this week. That's why. Oh, I, there we go. He he had a uh, Palmer fit stack, didn't he? Yeah. So. Um, an interesting matchup, not necessarily fantasy wise, but just NFL wise. Week ten, uh, Cardinals at Seattle. I, th- I think if Seattle doesn't improve, the Cardinals have a shot. Shot at what? Winning or a shot at the? Di- I think the Cardinals have the division right now. Yeah, I, you know they're three and zero, oh, and uh, Seattle looked okay against the Bears, which is not something you want. Um, no, but let's get back to this game real quick. Right. Carson Palmer stud. Uh, Chris Johnson had a great day, but. You know, Ellington's uh, raring to come back, and David Johnson has shown very, very good flashes. I think it's going to be another just terrible committee there. I think I think Chris Johnson's the guy right now. Um, as a matter of fact, Ellington has not 
been drop, you know, drop your jaw. Awesome. He had 3.3 yards per carry last year. He hasn't been amazing this year and he's already hurt. Chris Johnson, they leaned on him. He took that ball. He looked darn good. I know it wasn't, it was against a fairly soft defense, but he still looked good. David Johnson, I expected with his seven carries even to, uh, to turn like two touchdowns into him, but he really (laughs) didn't, uh, he, he didn't even do that. He didn't light the world on fire much, uh, much like Chris Johnson did. Yeah, I, I think the you know the the Niners were just terribly outmatched. But um, you know, John Brown three for sixty two. Uh, clearly, Larry Fitzgerald is the guy right now. Um, Michael Floyd not one for twelve on five targets. Fitzgerald is the wide receiver one, and he's a solid. Dare I say it? High end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one in fantasy for the next few weeks. Oh, uh, I I say absolutely. I think he's a wide receiver too. this point forward. Um, this next week, I can't just say he's a one. This this next week, I'll say he's a two against the St. Louis defense. Um, just back on to Michael Floyd. They did try the um, they did try to get him some uh, some fade routes in the end zone once they got in the red zone, um, but couldn't connect. Couldn't uh, couldn't make the catches. But he did have a little bit of the uh, the high value opportunities there. But one catch in this offense where Palmer threw the ball. Uh, 30, 30 something times and where Arians is just trying to beat people silly. Uh, that's not enough for me. Yeah. I, you know, I was wrong on Larry Fitzgerald. I thought Brown was going to maybe emerge a little bit more this year, but clearly the, the veterans still have a, a very good connection here. Um, on the flip side, Colin Kaepernick, just awful, but you know, we knew that he was a matchup dependent QB two. Um, Carlos Hyde similarly is going to be somewhat reliant on the game flow, which clearly wasn't there for him, uh, you know, this week, um, Mike Davis got some work, but again, it was so out of hand, kind of like a Brandon Oliver sort of, sort of deal that we discussed with the chargers. Um, just an awful game for the Niners going forward. The only guy I really want to rely on as a wide receiver three or wide receiver four is Anquan Bolden. Colin Kaepernick isn't going to have this awful of a game every week. He started the first two drives with two pick sixes in his own, in his own, uh, at his own 20 or 30. Um, so that set the whole tone of the game there. Um, one thing I was surprised about was how much I know Hyde only carried the ball 15 times. Um, but I was surprised that they used him even that much. I thought they might give the ball to other guys, uh, get, get pass catchers back there, but they just could not do anything out of offense whatsoever. Yeah, now I'm actually uh, I'm kind of excited of how relatively well the Bears did against the Cardinals in Week Two. Yeah, hey, you know Chicago Bears. Maybe uh, once Jay comes back and Elshon comes back and Royals not hurt and Wilson's not hurt, and if we put together some semblance of defense and if Matt Forte stays, mm, there's a lot of factors here. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I think that about covers uh, Arizona. Um, and San Francisco, let's move on to Buffalo at Miami. Another yeah, it, it, just Arizona for game. all intents and purposes, top five defense going forward. Love them. Love, love seeing what they do on the field. They have no, they have, they have studs at every position in their backfield. Uh, even, even the, even like the nickel and dime guys, just awesome. Um, just awesome defensive backs. Uh, Next game, Bills Dolphins. Um, real quick, uh, just a random prediction. I, I want to say maybe Cardinals uh, at Packers for the NFC uh, Championship. Ooh, as much as I don't want to say yes to the Packers, I, that's that's sort of the narrative that's playing out right now, isn't it? 
Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to Buffalo and Miami. Again, just another just dominant game by one team this week. Uh, so many weird games this week. Just a whooping. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor looking great uh, against, you know, a Miami secondary that can be picked on. Um, you know, 277, three touchdowns. I'll take it. Uh, Carlos Williams um, looking good. Had an extra carry over LaShawn McCoy. McCoy clearly still battling through some injury issues. Um, you know, we'll see if that keeps lingering on and affecting him throughout the season. What do you think? Yeah, Tyrod Taylor makes for fun television and even more fun when you have him on your fantasy team if you've been starting him. Um, for now, at least. until we, We've seen over the years the propensity for these running-style quarterbacks to get injured. Um, LaShawn McCoy... I. I might want to start Carlos Williams even over LaShawn McCoy this next week. I know that's that's that might be crazy sounding, but I think this next week uh, you got to go Williams. Yeah, and you know, we preach that please, please pick up Carlos Williams. Um, he and Lorenzo Taliaferro were two priority pickups just because of the sheer workload. Um, if anything happened to the guys in front of them, and we've seen Carlos Williams 110 yards and a touchdown. Just uh, looking great. LaShawn McCoy got the receiving touchdown along, um, you know, instead of Carlos Williams. But uh, that was kind of a random play. I, I do think that until McCoy gets gets healthy, it's going to be Williams. Definitely. Um, I'm running and hiding from this receiving core. Um, don't want to touch it. Yeah. Um, Percy Harvin, you know, he's the one guy over Watkins, maybe even just because Tyrod Taylor doesn't, isn't afraid to take those deep shots and they seem to like sending Harvin deep on those routes a lot. Watkins came off the field. Uh, not sure how he, how affected he was, um, in that game going forward. Yeah. But I, I think just, you know, in general, if you had to take a shot any week at a Buffalo receiver, getting a random long touchdown, would, would you think it's Watkins? Um, he, he has that talent. Oh, wait, did you say, do I think it's Watkins or Har between Watkins and Harvin? For me, it's Watkins. He's the far more talented, far more sizable. He has the speed to run down the field and get those balls, but he is banged up. He might not play this next week. Harvin has looked good, but Harvin, I haven't seen produce consistently since his rookie season. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I think just in general, we're avoiding the entire, uh, the entire Buffalo receiving core, as you mentioned. Yeah, even um, Watkins for me is just a flex. Yeah, and on the flip side, what is going on with Miami? You know, going into the year, we thought that they could maybe beat out the Patriots in, in their division, and clearly that is not going to happen. Um, Ryan Tannehill, you know, still doing okay in garbage time. 297, two touchdowns, three picks, uh, low on QB1. Um, so didn't see him rush much this game, so he, he didn't contribute much there. Jonas Gray, ignore him. Uh, Lamar Miller, seven for thirty-eight. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand why they don't want to give the ball more to Lamar Miller. Sure. Um, th this game, I I don't like making uh making excuses for people that I don't even know. But th this doll. Dolphins, this Dolphins team here, just it was just a recipe to get beaten up this game. That Buffalo defense hits you in the face, hits you in the mouth, hits you ever, wherever you don't want to get hit, hit, they will hit you. And that's exactly what happened to the Dolphins. That, as well as Lamar Miller being hobbled in this game, um, it, it did not turn out well. This Miami team needs to establish the run to open up the field for Ryan Tannehill to be able to hit his plethora of receivers. Um, if that doesn't happen, Tannehill is not good enough to open the field up for himself. He's not near accurate enough on his deep ball that he can spread the field 
um, just on his own, under his own power. So he needs that run game to move people around and move people into the box to open up the field uh, for his for his deep receivers. Um, that said, Richard Matthews with with two uh, good catches. There was one crazy play. Um, sort of broke down. He got downfield, uh, spun around, dove in front of him, grabbed the ball, and then rolled into the end zone. It was fun to watch. If you guys, if uh, any of our listeners didn't see it, uh, look it up. Buffalo, Miami, Richard Matthews, uh, deep bomb. Um, it, it, it was cute. He worked the field. They played a little scramble because uh, the play broke down, um, and he found Matthews deep, and it worked out well. Yeah, you were giving me some lip uh, last week when I mentioned Richard Matthews. You were saying how he was kind of a one-week wonder. Uh, you know, still, still just a two week wonder. Definitely. Two, as you two mentioned. week wonder, two week wonder. <laughs> yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, you know, one of those, uh, a lot of his production came on that like 40 yard or so touchdown in garbage time. Um, but the thing is he was the second most targeted receiver behind Jarvis Landry. I do think that he's going to have a role going forward, uh, even with Devonte Parker coming back. It is true, but Devonte Parker is starting to get in that offense, starting to get worked in seven targets. He will be. Mm, I don't know. I'll curb my expectations after watching Tannehill that game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So next game, uh, let's not spend much time here. Just an awful showing. Uh, Bears at Seahawks. Seattle 26, Chicago nothing. First shutout since, I think, 2002? Yeah, we just have to talk about it just to get it off our chest so we don't have to think about it ever again. Um, I expected something similar to this with Cutler out. Clawson is not good. Uh, I I mentioned earlier in the show, everybody on the Bears that's that's injured, that is hobbled, that isn't producing well. Um, all of that is going to make them lean on Forte, and and a smart defense will realize that they're leaning on Forte, and they will. I mean, Forte still had seventy four yards. I mean, yeah, that's the th- silver lining here, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, despite getting Travis you know, hit- Kelsey, I'm sorry, I'm just too excited right now. <laughs> Wide open, <laughs> Travis Kelsey for like thirty yards, baby Gronk absolutely um yeah as you mentioned the silver lining here is forte will produce albeit not great uh but you know he's he's uh start every week uh despite whatever happens um again i do think that alshon jeffrey is going to be a monster in terms of garbage time production this year when he and cutler are both healthy he has that potential definitely big strong receiver that can run um one one thing of actual worry here because i expected most of this other stuff um martellus bennett 15 yards on the day i was not expecting that he was the only person i expected to produce really i was thinking more of a 70 yards eight catches sort of day 15 yards that that is not good it's not going to get the job done clausen has to figure something out well i guess gase has to figure something out really yeah, but I'm not too worried about Bennett. I, I think this was part of the thing where, you know, with Jeffrey out and with Clawson in, they knew that, you know, Bennett is clearly their best receiving option at this point, and they kind of blanketed him. There was really nothing there. Um, I do think that Bennett will be fine for the rest of the season, especially when Cutler's back. This was ugly. Nothing else to say about the Bears right now. Stay away. Yeah. Um, try and get try and get Elshon if if somebody's really scared. But if somebody's hung on this long, I'd be shocked if they'd be willing to trade at this point. Yeah, if you can buy low on Elshon, definitely do it. Uh, you know, we saw with Evans coming back fully healthy what he can do, and and Elshon yeah. can certainly do the same thing. Oh, for sure. Um, I am worried about the Seahawks offense just because I mean, obviously Marshawn Lynch got banged up, so Thomas Rawls came in and just cleaned house. Um, again, he's a name to monitor for your dynasty leagues uh, when Marshawn Lynch does move on. 
uh, after football. Um, but even against an awful Chicago defense, the, the Seahawks offensive line did not look that great. Um, uh, Rawls got a lot of those, uh, you know, longer runs kind of on his own talent uh, rather than good blocking. And Russell Wilson really did nothing. You know, we've seen that the Seattle Seahawks are going to lean on their defense. Um, and that's going to limit their offensive uh, fantasy skill positions at times. I think I think this problem the the problem here can be highlighted in exactly what you said the line not looking great and Rawls making a lot of work happen by himself has has um has Lynch been making all this happen on his own um can, can Wilson try and convert a sort of passing attack offense if he really has to he hasn't looked like he has been able to so far this year um one good thing they finally decided to use Jimmy Graham semi correctly uh that's that's really all i can take out of this game um otherwise it was pretty much the same sort of look from all the receivers um wilson hasn't looked spectacular in the air through one touchdown in the air to, to jimmy graham it just i mean they won they shut him out hooray seahawks defense you're starting them every week but the seahawks are not looking that good and the bears defense is not good yeah, I, I think, if anything, the Seahawks should be worried that the score wasn't higher like New England or, uh, you know, Arizona uh, kind of blew out their opponents this week. Yeah, absolutely. Be, if you're a Seahawks fan, be happy you got the win. Do not be excited to only beat Chicago by 26, though. Yeah, so, all right, let's uh, move on to the Sunday night game. Detroit, uh, or I'm sorry, um, De- uh, Denver at Detroit. Uh, Peyton Manning, 324, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, you know, you'll take it. He's, uh, he's not going to be, you know, the number one quarterback anymore in fantasy, but you know, we've seen that the, this offense is starting to click a little bit more and Peyton will be a reliable, uh, QB one, at least. If this line doesn't get their acting gear, Peyton Manning will be hurt in the next three weeks. Yeah, and the problem with the line, as you mentioned, is that it's hurting their rushing offense so much. And, you know, C.J. Anderson, I don't know if he's still hurt or what it is, but he's doing awful, but so is Hillman, and it's because of the line. Like 40 yards rushing on the ground for this team again. Yeah, and, you know, regardless of this age of the NFL where it's all pass-happy, you still have to have to be able to move the ball on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Demarius Sanders, both studs. You know, we we knew that going in, even against the decent uh, yep. Detroit defense. Um, and the thing is, uh, one one thing to note: if you're still holding on, still holding out hope for Cody Latimer, drop him. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Drop him. Jordan Norwood beat him out. Andre Caldwell beat him out. He didn't even play in this game, <laughs> um, or if he did, he he didn't get any targets. Um, please drop him and. Uh, Virgil Green, Owen Daniels, uh, you know, Owen Daniels, clearly the guy, but again, I do think that it's going to be kind of a, a coin toss between the tight ends of who's going to get that touchdown each week. Sweet athletic catch by Owen Daniels for the touchdown, but I completely agree. Um, too much time split, too much uncertainty between the two of them. Um, Daniels is probably the preferred guy for Kubiak, but um, Manning hits who's open. That's just what happens. Yeah. Um, okay. Going on to the Detroit side real quick. Matthew Stafford, like I said, just awful, awful against a good defense, I understand. But Stafford is a QB2 for me. Yeah, QB2. Uh, this is a great defense. As, but I, I did think that uh, Denver's defense was going to have a bigger day. I know I know they had two interceptions, but I just... 
through watching the game, I just didn't feel like they didn't pound the Lions as, as much as I thought they were going to on defense. Yeah, just real quick, that one interception by Roby was just beauty. Just absolute yeah. beauty. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the Detroit offense just looked, you know, out of sorts, really, the entire game. Um, they need to, at some point, they need to come to terms with the fact that Joyke Bell is done. I don't know how yeah, else to say he, it. He, he just might be. I, I think that if you are in a deeper league and you want to be ahead of the curve, I think it's time you picked up Zach Zenner. Uh, it's only it's only a matter of time before they at least give him a shot, I would think. Well, he hasn't seen the field since week one, which is surprising to me. I thought they were going to make, you know, the, the Hydra, you know, but maybe that's what they're waiting. They're going to cut off Joyke Bell's head and then out's going to sprout theoretic and Zach Zenner. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to put it. But yeah, there I, we go. I do think he's worth uh, keeping an eye on Riddick. Bringing in some mythology. Um, Riddick, eight catches for 66 yards. But I do think this is because they couldn't do anything against, uh, you know, Denver's defense. And plus, a lot of that was in garbage time. Um, I'm not trusting Theo Riddick by any means. He's of the running backs that we spoke about in terms of game flow and pass catching. He's the very least exciting of all the ones that we mentioned today to me. Yeah, plus it's good to see um, that Calvin Johnson was you know heavily targeted again. That's what they need to do. Throw throw those balls up to him and, and trust in Calvin. And I like that uh, you know Eric Ebron was still very much involved. Yeah, absolutely. Eric Ebron, low-end sort of guy. Um, Dynasty League, you add him in a, in a uh, standard league. He could be a good bi-week sort of filler for you. Um, Golden Tate, I, I expect sort of his... I would expect greater usage for Golden Tate than what we've seen so far this year. Does that worry you at all? Um, no, I, I think that you know the the Detroit offense is just struggling right now in general, and especially against Denver. I, I think Golden Tate that's that's the kind of stat line that we can expect from him. About yeah, I don't uh, I don't know I don't know if I'd even start him unless Calvin was hurt. Yeah, he's sort of a, a one of those wide receiver handcuff values. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, uh, that is going to wrap up week three. Um, any uh, particularly good or bad matchups for next week that you want to discuss? Absolutely. A uh, couple big games to watch. Uh, this Thursday night game is going to be uh, AFC Showdown, uh, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. This, if Forsett is going to get back on track, this is going to be the game. If not, I would be extraordinarily worried. Um, also, Jacksonville against Indianapolis. Look for a big day. Uh, start all your guys in Indianapolis, especially, as I mentioned, Kobe Fleener, who should get all the tight end work with Dwayne Allen out. If you're Gronk's owner and you need to find a tight end this week, um, do not start running backs against Buffalo. Uh, let's see. Oakland against Chicago. Latavius Murray primed for a big day. Tom Rawls, as we just talked about, put up a over 100 yards. We'll see what Latavius Murray can do on the ground against him. Um, what do you think? Anything else? Yeah, I'd love, I love Dallas against uh, New Orleans. I, I mm. think that they're going to pound the rock all day, and we could maybe see another three touchdowns from Joseph Randall. Yeah, that would be nice for me. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, definitely Oakland at Chicago. Latavius Murray against that defense, what Chris Johnson just did to them. Uh, if that old geezer can do... Uh, uh, man latavius murray is gonna just have a huge huge week i think absolutely um yeah the, the last matchup that i did want to bring up real quick uh jacksonville at indianapolis um i think that if there is one game that could help 
um, you know, Andrew Luck and Co. get back on track, it's going to be that game. Sure. I mean, they, they're, they're going to need it. That's for sure. Sometimes that's what you need. Um, just a little, little confidence, get you, get you moving and then you can go. Um, in terms of guys not playing this week, Tennessee's on a buy bench, all, all zero, all two of the guys that you were ever considering starting for Tennessee, New England's on a buy, um, check, check your lineups, change your starters. And then, um, not really to talk much about kickers, but Cody Parkey, um, was hurt placed on IR. I just know a lot of people probably own Philadelphia's kicker looking at that high potential offense. So Cody Parkey will not be playing anymore this season. Yeah, I think it's time to get rid of Josh Scobie too. If uh, he was your kicker uh, while we're on the, or while he has we're not on the looked subject. good at all. Yeah, there, there's a reason they're going for two point conversions. All right, uh, you know they just don't trust him and they want to keep the the foot on the gas and they're doing well with the two point conversions. So there's no reason for them to change that. Yeah, good for uh, VJX and Mike Evans owners. Brazinda has been terrible kicking the football. Yeah, um, one last thing. Uh, New York at Buffalo, while we're on kickers, I don't know why we're talking so much about kickers, but yeah, Josh, now that we're Josh Brown kickers. has been on fire. Uh, I, I would grab him. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that is going to wrap up week three. Um, as always, you know, we're always very happy to answer any questions that you may or may not have. Uh, we understand that it is your team and you should certainly do, uh, you know, make all the decisions that you want to make. We're just here to give you guidance. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. That's right. Like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at FFA underscore Los the Los. Uh, uh, appreciate all the questions. Appreciate all the props, all the all the shout outs. Uh, gotta love them. Um, be sure for sure to subscribe to us on your fantasy football or on your uh, on your podcasting app in the iTunes store uh, to get all the new updates so that we ought, you can automatically download and be ready to listen to the next episodes of the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. And uh, be sure to thank our host uh, at FFA underscore Dan. Yeah, and just one last uh, quick word of advice for all you owners out there. Uh, even if you're, you know, one and two or zero oh and three, there's plenty of time left in the season to turn things around. You know, keep your eye on the waiver wire. Uh, make some crazy trades happen if if that's what need. If you need to shake some things up, you know, see what happens. Plenty of time. Oh, always makes things exciting. Yep, and as always, it's a uh, fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. <laughs>